Good afternoon and welcome to the Young News Podcast with your host, John Phillips, on this Saturday, March 19th, 2022, sharing with you my thoughts on current events and culture. And, um, you know, the million dollar question I hear a lot in the news is, what is Putin's motives? And I don't know, I, I don't really ask this question because I already know the answer. And the answer is, Putin sees that the West in his eyes crossed a red line and he responded to that red line. It's not that complicated if you look at the past history of what has taken place in the world at the geopolitical level over the past 10 years. We can go back to the Arab Spring when we thought it was a wonderful idea to start toppling leaders all across the Middle East so that peace and democracy can reign all across the Middle East. We obviously know, know, now know that that's just uh, uh, very wishful thinking. And we we wonder why Putin acts the way he does. And it's because there's this thing called the red line. And strong leaders that believe they have a relatively unified country when it comes down to certain red lines will act decisively. And if you if you can recall, we go back 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, you know, the Arab Spring comes about and Iraq falls apart a couple of years before that. And you have Egypt, kind of a mess. And then you have, you know, Libya falls apart. And, and then comes Syria. And well, Syria is a very interesting country because that was Russia's red line. That was Putin's red line. That was a country in which Russia has a military connection to. It's really their only place in the Middle East which they can kind of claim as having sway over the nation's politics. Well, the civil war breaks out, many of us know this, and, well, we kind of just thought that, you know, we could help this group called ISIS kind of flourish and come about and bring all this chaos, and, you know, they are obviously a very violent extremist group, but if we can use this violent and extremist group not only to get our military contractors back into Iraq, but in addition to that, destabilize Syria by ousting Assad. That would be actually a great idea. The only problem was that was a red line for Putin. So his air force strikes decisively in that part of the world. He doesn't mess around. Now, simultaneously, there's another thing that's taking place in Ukraine. And that is... A more favorable pro-East government gets kind of thrown out of office. The leader has to run away to Russia. And a pro-West, a more a, a government that's more favorable to the West, moves in. And so Yanukovych goes away. Then Poroshenko comes in, followed by Zelensky. And now we Americans have a nice little puppet in Ukraine being able to help us out, like, you know, paying off energy companies so that they can give $50,000 a month to the son of a sitting president. Those types of things. Being allied with Svoboda, an openly outright uh, 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 neo-Nazi political party in the Ukraine. And this is what we have. And so just like Syria was a red line for Putin, his airstrikes take place very decisively and is able to obviously put ISIS on retreat and eventually help Assad maintain order in Syria. We have a situation in Ukraine where we thought it was a very wise decision to oust a government and not think that the Russians 
or would act. Well, the thing is, they did act. And they took Crimea. They took Crimea. They took Crimea to make it very clear to the West that we had a red line and that the Americans, NATO, they crossed it. And there were going to be consequences as a result of crossing that red line. What I find very interesting is that if this ever took place in the United States, a lot of Americans would absolutely be very proud of a president who does such a thing. Because if you remember, after Crimea is taken by the Russians, for about eight years, the Americans had to kind of say, oh, we stepped a little too far. And, oh, by the way, I guess... Putin does have red lines, and when he says he's going to act decisively, he's not messing around. He didn't mess around with Syria. He did not mess around with Ukraine and taking Crimea. And then came, like, February and March. Now, I, little by little, started started to learn more and more about the, the massive amounts of communication that was taking place between Zelensky and the West, and how it became clearer and clearer that there was going to be a push in the direction of NATO. And if anyone studies history, they will know that NATO is a very sensitive topic for Russians. There was an agreement with Gorbachev that NATO would not step on its border. Well, Ukraine does border Russia. And so when Russia sees pieces on that chessboard start to move and he can see that the West is not going to back down from giving a green light for military involvement by the West in Ukraine, along with the fact that he sees ethnic Russians being targeted in eastern Ukraine, you start to put these pieces together and realize he's doing exactly what he would do in a normal situation. He's doing what he did, ladies and gentlemen, in Syria, in Ukraine with Crimea. And now it's a couple of those eastern republics. So Putin has made it very clear. He is here to make a statement to the world that America, your time is up. Not that America is going to be invaded by China or Russia or Iran. No, 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 no. He doesn't care about that. What he's, what he's saying to the United States and Western Europe is your time is up. Your time as the sole superpower of the world, as the, the, the one who can do no harm to the rest of the world, is up. You are no longer at the head of the table, and it is my job today to let you know that. And by the way, if you don't think uh, that this is true, and you think that we are the only country in the world that thinks this, then why is China coming to our side of this conflict and not yours? If we truly are not following a path that has some type of future potential of investment and opportunity for the Chinese, why are they coming to our aid and coming to ally with us? Have you asked that question yet? It is time for you to step aside. That is ultimately what he's doing here. I don't think he could care. I think he could care less about conquering Ukraine. And I'll tell you why. Because if he can control some of those eastern republics that are that have a very heavy connection to Russia because there's a lot of ethnic russians that live in those eastern republics I mean that's all he wants that's probably all he's going to settle for now and that's perfectly fine the more important question is like the guy controls the energy policy in Europe 
So you just can't back down and be like, no, you can't. You can't try to bully him and say, I'm going to cut you off of the banking system. Well, he'll go to China. Well, I'm going to cut you off uh, goods and services from the West. Well, I'll go to China. Well, well, I'm going to be independent of gas because we're going to have every car have us be solar powered. No, that actually can't happen right now. Well, we're going to become more dependent. Well, right now you're not. So Russia holds the cards, and it's very interesting whether it's David Brooks or several people out there in the United States and in Western Europe who are acting like Putin is lost, he's out of control, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's making such a fool of himself, and I'm like, are, you, am I, are we watching the same news channels? Like, your country, the United States, Canada, you guys are falling apart. You're the ones targeting your own citizens. You're the ones calling Trump supporters domestic terrorists. You're the ones that ultimately want to have everyone have a passport or else they're fired. Have a mandate or else they're fired. That's coming from the United States. Not evil totalitarian Russia. So you're in a situation that if you live in the West today... My only advice for you is remove the, remove the plank from your own eye before you go after the speck in Russia's eyes. Try to take care of the border between Mexico and the United States before you try to take care of the border between Ukraine and Russia. Let's start with the basics first and then get complicated. And so again, when people ask the question, what's Putin's motives? What's Russia's motives? It's very clear to me what it is. It's been clear all along. We crossed a red line and Putin is letting us know that we crossed a red line. And oh, by the way, he's also letting us know that today our time is up. The idea that we can just go around the world and bully people and think that we are going to get all of this support from the world after we claim moral authority in the conflict is over. It doesn't exist anymore. And you can keep doubling down. You can keep looking to censor speech. Come up with lies. Blame every problem in your society as Russian misinformation. But the bottom line is you're broke. Your culture is committing suicide. You're addicted to painkillers. Drugged up on entertainment. And have lost sight of what family values are. The role of God in your society how the next generation is going to live prosperously, all these things you lost sight of. But it's okay. You can keep blaming the big, bad, evil Russia for your problems. Because Russia has an identity and Russia has a soul, and Russia is relatively unified compared to the other parts of Western civilization as of right now. This is the Young News Podcast.